Welcome to the RV Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Maxson, and I'm thrilled to guide you through the journey of launching, growing, and managing a profitable RV rental business. Welcome to the RV Rental Secret Podcast. Today we have Kimberly Crossland from Roadpreneur in Cruising and Campfires. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Not a problem. So we first met through your Roadpreneur community. I was a member of the Roadpreneur School and you gave amazing support uh, with your courses and community and coaching. But recently you decided to kind of tweak your business model. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, there's something that I like to do and I've, I've shared this with my students and I talk about it often because it's so important, especially in today's day and age when Everything feels like it's changing very quickly. I mean, if you look at the internet, the internet's not that old. And throughout the course of my tenure as a business owner, I started about 12 years ago. And I started in the SEO world where I was writing content and just loads of content for the internet, all optimized for keywords. I even did it for like lawyers and doctors. And so I take the same keyword and write about 20 different blog posts, just remodeling that keyword a little bit just to get found in all the different iterations. Well, now we have a time where generative AI like ChatGPT and all these different tools are shifting the algorithm, are becoming so much smarter. And so we as business owners also have to become smarter in how we show up. And in doing so, I encourage my students and I'm, I practice what I preach, so I do it myself to consistently reevaluate your business. How are you showing up? How are you marketing? How are you putting yourself out there to get found, to get visible, to get sales? Ultimately, we want sales. I believe that money is a good thing and it it's something that we should strive to earn and it's something that we should feel like we have enough to give away when we find something of value. And so it's all about making that money, but also making an impact through that money. And so the reason why I bring up how long or how short actually of a time that the internet has been around and how much it has changed over the last few years is that we need to consistently rethink how we're doing our business, rethink how we're showing up. Sometimes that'll mean that tactics change. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll mean that we we can just make subtle, subtle shifts in our business. And so over the past summer, I was in that moment of reflection mode. I designed my business so that I can take off summer, so that I can have that time to be intentional with my with my kiddos. And in doing so, I I have been able to really get reflective on how I operate in my business. So over this particular summer, to to your question, I'm sorry, there's a big backstory there, but to your okay. question, over this particular summer. I really started to think about my kiddos are now getting older. And I thought as they got older, that would mean that I'd come to a place in my life where I could be on Zoom more and I could do more, focus more because they would be able to be focusing more and they wouldn't need me to go feed them snacks. They could go get their own snack, that kind of a thing, like little things. And it actually turned out to be a different they had different needs in this season. I mean, I always knew that they would need mom, but they had different needs in this season. Also, my husband's job has shifted a little bit. And so he's able to take more time off work and he's able to travel more. Well, because of that, I realized that we need to stop structuring our travel around my coaching calls. We need to stop structuring our travel around my business. And his job is a little bit more rigid. And so we need to start structuring it around his job a little bit more. And so because of that, I've decided to restructure how I show up. 
also I've for a couple of years, I've felt really, really, really drawn to kind of restarting from scratch again. Like I said, I started 12 years ago in the entrepreneurial space and I started as a freelance writer, moved into agency mode and then moved into course creator slash coach. Well, I've really been consistently drawn to having a stationary line and creating in a different way. And so I've started restarted my business and really leaning more fully into my stationary business. I have a stationary line specifically for RVers. And I I sold off a subscription box that I had because I really wanted to focus on this. And so over the summer, again, back to the summer, as I was getting really reflective about everything, I realized that I needed to make those shifts and I needed to sometimes when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And I realized I was saying yes to showing up in a course in the quote unquote traditional way of having your coaching calls, having your content. And I had to come to that really hard decision to say, you know what, I can't keep doing that and running it in a way that I feel is going to leave the biggest impact. I need to shutter the doors on that and kind of reinvent how I'm showing up to help people. So I got reflective. I went through my own empathy mapping. This is something that you've probably seen in Roadpreneur School that I talk a lot about. But I looked at myself and I looked internally from a marketing perspective. When you hear empathy mapping, you usually think of it for your customer. What is my customer thinking throughout their entire customer journey? What are they feeling? What are they saying? What are they doing? But we're very, very, especially as entrepreneurs, think about what we are also thinking, feeling, saying, and doing. And I found myself in doing that empathy map, I found myself thinking, I wish that I had the time to do what I'm teaching others to do. I wish that I had the time to pour into this other business the way that I'm encouraging other people to pour into their own. And it's not that I don't want to help. I love our coaching calls. I absolutely love them. But So I started to think about how can I restructure this in a way where I can still do that coaching. I can still show up for people, but not have it be so rigid. And I also realized that I've never really been someone who likes to fit into the the traditional mold of everything. That's why we start a business. We want to kind of think outside the box. And so I got really creative in how I can redesign everything. So I'm in this big redesign mode, but it's feeling really good. It's feeling really intentional. And to go back to how I feel like I'm all over the place and I'm sorry for that, but to go back to how information. (laughs) Oh, good, good. So when Roadpreneur first got started, and this Roadpreneur is the brand that got started only about a year, year and a half ago. Um, when it first got started, it was kind of started on a whim. And I bring that up because for business owners, we often come up with this big idea of, I really want to do X. I really want to, maybe I shouldn't say X because now that's a platform, but I really want to do X, Y, Z. I have this idea and I want to bring it out into the world. And so what do we do? we start thinking about, well, this is how other people are doing it. This is how I should be showing up. And we kind of fall into that shiny object syndrome instead of doing that empathy mapping, like I talked about. And with Roadpreneur, that's exactly what happened. So I was coming from a coaching world and a group of us had kind of wrapped up our time with a a pretty prominent online business coach and we were deciding what was next. And so my friend said, Hey, I'm going to be doing a giveaway. I was about to go lean into cruising and campfires, but then I pulled myself back and I, and she, cause she said, I'm going to do a giveaway, but it needs to be a business to business giveaway. What do you have? And I said, well, you know, I've been wanting to continue in the business coaching space. 
how about I just start a new brand and I'll just put together a membership for this giveaway. And then off we're, we're going to go. And that's how it got started. It was kind of just this in a couple of hours, I'm like, I'm going to do a membership and I don't quite know exactly what it's going to look like yet, but we're going to try it. We're going to see if there's interest in this overarching message. And that was to help RVers specifically start and grow a business from the road. And then it evolved from the membership. I realized I was not able to show up and serve in the way I wanted to. So I went through my first reinvention where I added on the course where I could be a little bit more intentional. I could have very specific a very specific framework and process to follow. And that was really fun. And I did that for a year, but after a year, that's where I am now. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm like, I need to kind of evolve and adjust to how I'm showing up. And so to answer your, your very good question, a very lengthy answer. <laughs> now going forward, here's my plan. I'm still, I still have roadpreneur, but again, I'm shifting how I showed up, how I'm showing up. And for right now, I've chosen to have a Substack newsletter. I'm very soon going to also have some print on demand, which is very low touch on my end. I get to design and get creative and and let others kind of display this badge of honor that they're a roadpreneur, that they're building a business from the road. Let that be a conversation starter that hopefully grows their business at the campground. And then I'm also going to start having smaller on-demand courses, smaller on-demand challenges that are very action-oriented to and with a very specific outcome. And the reason why I decided to change to, to that model is because I see a lot of other people shifting to this model where it's it's less of this broad brush outcome or takeaway or deliverable from a course. And it's more very pointed, like here's how to start a newsletter on this specific platform, or here's how, here's a challenge that's going to get you posting on social media for 30 days, or here is, you know, whatever that specific outcome is. And you can create those on demand. But like I said, I'm starting first with the Substack newsletter that decision was also very intentional. I'm happy to get into why I chose Substack over all the other <laughs> newsletter creation points, but I'll take a breath for a second and let you no, I ask love that. And I, Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about entrepreneurship is because you can really dig deep and decide what you're passionate about and then change things you know, to go online with your passions and how you see your future being, especially like you said, as the kids grow, you can definitely, you know, pivot. Another thing is like a lot of the people listening, they might not have started their business yet. They're thinking about getting into RV rentals, but they haven't, you know, crossed that line. So I think something that they need to hear and, and realize is that, once you get started, you can always change your perspective. And I know a lot of people in the RV rental industry, they might just start renting out their personal RV and then they go into RV rental management when they start renting out other people's RVs. Or you can change it to specialize with trip planning. You know, there's really different, a lot of routes you can go so that it aligns with your passion. So I think that's just something important to remember in business as a whole. That's why we started our own business so that we have control over our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing when you, I mean, such a common rally cry right now is the freedom-based business and freedom-based lifestyle. But where I see a lot of people stop is exactly where you were just saying. They think that there's this idea and it sounds interesting. It sounds compelling, but then it's like, 
oh, but now I'm committing to it. And that's very scary. But with a freedom-based mentality and that freedom-based mindset, you also have the permission to dip your toe in the waters. Like you said, start renting out your RV and then become an RV fleet manager or whatever, however you want that direction to go, that trajectory to look like. And that when, when people start to realize I can shift after I start, or I can evolve after I get going, but you have to get going first. Like that to me is so freeing. When you start, when you first dip your toe in the water, you're taking action and that action is giving you data. And that data is going to inform how you develop out your journey. You don't have to know what things are going to look like in 10 years. You know, my least favorite interview question when I was in the corporate world is, where do you want to be in five years? Because they want you to give that answer. Well, I want to be a manager. I want to be a director. And those are all great things to aspire to. But maybe once you start to see the hours that they're putting in, you're like, well, that's not the lifestyle that I want. That's not quite how I want to live. I actually want something different for myself. And it's okay to evolve from there. It's okay to let those dreams kind of shape shift as you're moving along the journey. It doesn't have to, you don't have to just go on this path because everybody else is doing it or I should be doing it. Or you also don't have to do the shiny object syndrome. Something can look really, really cool, but it doesn't have to be the one and only way to do things. And I think especially in today's online business world or in the business world in general, we get really suctioned into that where, well, they're doing it that way. Maybe I should be doing it that way, but they're doing it this way. Maybe I should do that. And all of a sudden we're stuck in that analysis paralysis. We're overanalyzing where we are and where we want to go that we just don't even move. So if you don't take action, you're not going to know how you feel. You're not going to hear what you're saying to yourself, what you're saying to your friends. And you're not able to really empathize with yourself because you've not experienced it yet. You're just imagining what's on the other side of that decision and the imagination can really take hold of us and stop us in our path. And that's not healthy either. Yeah. And you mentioned data and really that's going to tell you where you should go in your business too. You know, you have to get out there and test and that data is going to show you whether you should move forward in one direction or another. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And which direction that looks like. Yeah. Now with newsletters, People that are already in the RV rental industry, they could have past customers, people that they've already been dealing with, where they already own those email addresses. So I kind of want to touch on, you know, how they could use this in their business. Personally, with our RV rental business, we do do a newsletter to past customers, giving them tips for RVing, destinations. So we do a weekly newsletter for that. And then on the other side, people that are hoping to start an RV rental business, we do a fire starter newsletter where we're giving them tips on how they can start a business, how they can grow it. We link to different YouTube videos or other businesses that we feel like they should connect with and would be helpful for them. So I just kind of wanted to talk to you about, you know, how you think if people are already owning these emails, like how can they use them in their business and how could a newsletter help them? Yeah, I love newsletters in particular. So I did try podcasting. I thought about YouTube channel. I I really thought heavily about a YouTube channel, but I really landed on newsletters because it is, let me back up for a second. The creator flywheel, I believe is, is really starting to change away from where it used to be SEO. They find your blog post, 
then they get on your newsletter and then they buy from you. That to me is shifting to more of they see you on social media and then they go to your website, get on your newsletter, and then they form a relationship with your brand. And then they buy from you again and again and again and again. And I love newsletters because it's that particular point in the customer journey where they get to know you on a deeper level. Newsletters feel more intimate. They feel more personal. They are sent from, yes, they're sent from a company, but you can really start to request replies and get to know people better. You can start to have conversations in the inbox, which will be very different than a conversation you'd have in comments because one is public and they're worried about what other people will think about them. They're worried about the trolls that are out there because there are plenty of those out there. They're worried about all these things. Whereas if it's a one-on-one conversation, all of a sudden you can really and truly guide them down that right path for them, whatever that next step is. So from the RV space, if you have a fleet of RVs that you're renting out, maybe you you have someone who's like, hey, I'm a mom and I've got three kids. This is going to be our first trip. We're not really sure what to expect. What do I need? Where do I need to go? And when you get that kind of reply, you're able to open up the door to sell a whole lot more because now they you have that trust factor built in. They trust you enough to ask the question. If they ask that in a Facebook group, they're going to get a flurry of responses, people telling them what they need, what they should have, and they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to say, I don't even know who I want to listen to right now. This That's a lot of information coming my way. If they reply to your email, you, a trusted resource in the industry who knows what they are looking for, you can now say, oh, you you told me you have a baby. Guess what? We rent out pack and plays and they can actually fit in right between the dinette. And now you've got a crib. You can put your two older kids in the back in the bunkhouse area and you can keep them separate so they're not waking each other up. And it's a much simpler way to travel. Suddenly she feels this weight lifted off her shoulders because, and I say this from personal experience. Sleep on the road with children is hard sometimes. And especially if you're new to it, that's a big stopping point. Or you get someone saying, Hey, can you help me find some meal plans? Maybe you can then refer someone to, to my, my newsletter where I do meal planning each and every week for camping specifically. I'm just throwing that out there as an example, but you have that place where you can refer them to. Now your business is becoming the trusted resource you can get affiliate income for having referred them to to a third party and you get that you win their business cuz now they're like well yes i want to i only want to rent from you you understand you gave me a thoughtful answer you gave me something that was helpful to my specific situation and now i trust you that trust goes a very long way because through that one newsletter through that one touch point you now have their trust but you also have the trust of their friends because chances are They're going to go and post a picture from their RV trip on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, wherever they're, whatever they like. And their friends are going to say, oh, that's awesome. I want to go with you on your next one. Or where did you get your rental? Or how did you find this? And now you have the word of mouth marketing that's underlying. That trust that you build with with your newsletters extends to social media, which now then extends to become that flywheel into your business. So now we're back at the top at social media. Now they're following you. They're getting on your newsletter and now you're building trust with more people. That data that you're gathering through those personal conversations then can extend into the content you're creating on social media. If you're getting a whole lot of moms who are reaching out to you and saying, I need help. I don't know how to get started, but I really want to take my kids camping. I really want to get outside and I just don't know how. 
Now you're going to see, okay, the last 10 out of 20 emails were moms writing and the rest were, were, you know, a variety of other demographics. So I'm going to kind of focus a little bit heavier on the mom category because they ultimately converted. You've now practiced a few things. You've practiced your persuasive writing because you've gotten to know them. You've tested and, and flexed those writing muscles in a different way. It's not just proper grammar, it's persuasive writing, writing in a way that people are going to, that you can see those light bulbs. I mean, maybe not physically see, but you can kind of see in the responses, those light bulb moments are going off for the, the person on the other side of the screen. They're like, yes, this is what I needed. You can take those snippets from your newsletter, put them into just, or from, well, from your newsletter. And then also from your personal replies, don't expose the person on the other side of the screen and erode that trust, of course, but little snippets about this is my tip for X, Y, Z for helping your children sleep or for eating on, you know, simpler meals on the road or for packing or whatever it is. You can then take those, drop them into a spreadsheet. And then once a month, just take those and turn them into social posts that are beautiful graphics and put them online and schedule them out on your social feed. And now you're building the trust on your social feed. So it's the same personal interaction that you already know is going to lead to a sale. You've tested it in your newsletter, and now you can put it back on social media, use that to get more subscribers onto your newsletter, more people buying into your business, and it just goes around and around and around. And you continuously build that momentum, and it's just it's that snowball effect that really, really expands your growth. So that's why I chose newsletters specifically. I also, that does not mean you cannot do the same thing with a podcast. Cause I know some people are listening. I'll probably say, but I really don't like to write. And I'm an, I'm someone who likes to write, but some people really prefer to speak into a microphone and just get their thoughts out faster. Maybe it's harder to type. Maybe, you know, I have a student who's dyslexic and it's harder for her to type. She's like, can I just send a video? Yes, of course you can send a video. You can do that in a newsletter. You can do that with your podcast. You can then take that podcast, send just like a one paragraph intro of what the podcast is about, and then have the link to the podcast so they go and listen to it. You still are cracking open that door for them to have that personal interaction by hitting reply to you. And when they hit reply to you, that's when all that trust builds up. I love that. I think having those personalized interactions and just customer service in general, that's a way that people can really set themselves apart from the competition because unfortunately nowadays there really is terrible customer service and no one's really willing to learn about their customer and to go above and beyond and be helpful. So I think by doing that, you're really going to set yourself above the rest And then, you know, because you're doing that, you're going to get more, you know, rentals or more business, you know, whatever you're doing. So yeah. And on on the other side of that, because when you look at the customer journey, it's not just, I want people to rent from me. You want people to rent from you again and again and again, and refer you again and again and again. So when you have that trust, like you were just saying with the customer service, absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Because if someone knows that they can trust you to give them that honest referral, they can trust you to provide them that service ahead of their trip. They now know if anything goes wrong on the trip, 
they feel more at ease. It's this emotive response and people respond very well to emotions. In fact, that's how we make our decisions. If you look at side note and a little nerdy note here, but if you look at stroke, stroke victims, there's been studies done on stroke victims. And when the stroke impacts the limbic system, which is the emotional center of the brain, people who have that, that system impacted can no longer make decisions as easily. doesn't mean they can't make decisions, but it becomes a lot harder because deciding what to eat, for example, well, they don't know how it's going to make them feel. They don't remember if they like it or if they don't like it, little things like that. So when we're thinking about persuading someone to, to rent from us, we need to evoke that feeling of trust and of having your back. And so specifically with RV rentals, that is so key because so much can happen on the road. And if you can get someone to trust you up front, they're going to take that feeling with them on the road and have a better overall experience, even if they never have to reach out to you when they're traveling and you hope that they don't, but they know they have that peace of mind. And so your customer service up front extends to the trip, whether or not you ever interact with them, they still have that same peace of mind going into that rental experience. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, now that we know that newsletters or, you know, I know you mentioned podcasting too, but once someone figures out the form of content that they want to provide, let's talk about more with the newsletter side of it. Like, how do they get started, you know, to get more into the technical aspects? I know you said you chose Substack. Personally, you, I've used ConvertKit in the past, which can be a simpler email marketing platform. So, it, you know, if you want to talk about the technical aspects a little bit more and why you chose Substack and what other forms you've used in the past. Yeah, I've also used ConvertKit and I actually have withheld that. So I like ConvertKit for automated funnels. And for RV rental businesses, I actually highly recommend ConvertKit. I think that it's an excellent way for the, for you to, to build out these funnels where you can, for post-purchase, where you can really nurture somebody into, through that journey after they've bought or after they've rented from you and when they rent again. The way that I set it up, and if you're wanting to get started with newsletters, you can you can do all of this in ConvertKit. I'm just going to speak specifically to ConvertKit and then I'll follow up with why I chose Substack and the, and the subtle differences and why I really like Substack, but I still have both. So ConvertKit, what you can do is when they get on your list, when you have that data about the common questions that they have, you can now build out a three to five email series answering those questions up front. The reason why that initial introduction is so important is because they are at the height of attention with your brand. They're now very curious. They want to hear from you. They're craving that information from you. It's why they signed up. So when you can welcome them in and let and set that expectation, say in your very first email, hey, I'm so glad that you joined. Feel free to hit reply anytime. Let me know if you have any questions about renting an RV. There's a real person on the other side of the screen ready to answer those for you. By the way, here I am. Maybe if you're a solopreneur or maybe you and your spouse are renting out RVs, it's a great time for you to introduce yourself and tell the story. That can be your second email. Say, this is how I got started in the RV space. So if if I were to be doing this and say, I'm a mom and I got started with a baby and a one-year-old on the road. And here are five things that I learned from that experience. And just really quick bullet points, like 
This is the easiest way to keep them warm. This is the easiest way, you know, whatever it is. These are the, my favorite places to go camping when you have kids of this age. Do you want to do boondocking? Do you not want to do boondocking? Maybe you really need those hookups. You know, little questions like that. You can answer them right away through the lens of your own experience. And then the last three emails, you can answer those questions and offer that call to action. So answer a common question that you get. By the way, we're often asked about this, about preparing for the trip. That can be the first one. Then we're often asked about what to expect when you're on the road. Here's three things to expect and how we would, how we approach it or something like that. And then the final one can be after the trip. Here's what happens when you come home. And then you, that's when you can share something fun. Like, of course, you're going to want to share about your experience online and make sure to tag us or something like that and just make it kind of fun. You can then take that same welcome series and then turn it into the post rental series. So once somebody rents from you, and I'm sure that you teach all about this, but once somebody rents from you, making sure you have, make sure, making sure that you are ensure that they have all the information that they need to hit the road safely. That's going to save you a whole lot of questions and concerns while they're on the road, help them feel very supported during the journey and just be very proactive in serving your customers. That's the customer service part of things. So in ConvertKit, you can easily set up those two funnels, one for when they sign up on your newsletter to just get more information, and then one that automatically triggers so that it's being sent throughout their rental experience with you. And then you can, of course, have the last one be, make sure to share your pictures and tag us. We love to see where the RV has been or something like that to get them tagging you and remind them to tag you. Uh, for the actual regular newsletter, one of the ways that I like to grow newsletters right now, I said social media, but can, getting newsletter referrals is huge. So ConvertKit has the creator network and you can automatically plug into that. You can just set it up at, with other RV lists, RV specific lists, people who email RVers who might be potential customers, they can now refer you automatically to your newsletter. You don't have to do anything. But this is why I love newsletters is because it's another very targeted approach to getting new subscribers to your list. So if your newsletter has a very specific takeaway, like you gave some really great examples of how yours are very specific takeaways every single time you email. Well, for an RV rental business, you can say, hey, every week we're going to email you a new destination to try maybe in this particular area. And you can highlight different campgrounds, or we're going to give you weather specific tips on how to hit the road in the, on, in all four seasons. And now you've got a year round business. You can make that promise. And then other lists can automatically refer your newsletter to them. So now you're growing. So that's ConvertKit. And then, and then that's when you have your weekly newsletter where every Friday it goes out or every Wednesday, mine goes out every Wednesday. You can send you can send that newsletter. And now they have a predictable schedule of when they're going to hear from you. You have your automated welcome sequence with about five emails. You've got your predictable weekly newsletter. And then you've got the funnels that go out every single time. I call them a funnel, which is jargon. It's basically just a series of emails to make sure they're nurtured after they've bought from you. And those, those are the three areas I would start. Welcome sequence. What are you going to promise in your weekly newsletter? And what are you going to send to them after they buy from you? I'm happy to just to dive into why I chose Substack as well, if you're curious about that too. Yeah. So, I mean, like I had mentioned, ConvertKit can be a great way to start out. 
And now I haven't actually dug deep into Substack yet, but from what I'm understanding, ConvertKit is going to be like your free newsletter and then Substack is a paid newsletter, correct? A little bit. So I'm actually using Substack as both. And here's why I chose Substack specifically and why I withheld ConvertKit. Substack does not do the funnels. And I said, when you're starting out, those are those three areas. You're welcome, your weekly newsletter, and then your Mm post-purchase. I'm I'm holding on to ConvertKit for the purchases. And so that's where I can have that, that welcome sequence. I think you can actually do, you can do one welcome email in Substack. And right now that's all I have. Uh, and I'm okay with that for right now, just for this specific model that I have. But that's because I'm going to point them to past Substack posts. I think they're called posts. Every platform has its own jargon. But the past times that I've written, that's going to end up being like my welcome sequence is they can go click on those links and kind of dive deeper. And then that way I can see what people are clicking on and I can get that data and see what's interesting. So I can offer more of it. It's just always wanting to show up in the most valuable way that I can. I withheld ConvertKit because the post-purchase sequences, they're all going to go out through ConvertKit and then they're automatically going to go to Substack. But why I like Substack is that it combines those three areas. It combines my newsletter, but all the newsletters that are sent out, they stay on the site. And so you now have a backlog of all the newsletters you've sent. So it's kind of like a newsletter and a blog, but I only have to do one thing. So it saves me a lot of time. And then it also has that creator network, a similar feature of the creator network on ConvertKit. You can also refer other Substack newsletters. And so it's easier to get that engagement and get other Substack newsletters to refer your newsletter so you can grow. And I've seen a lot of growth that way, actually, through other Substack newsletters referring mine already. So the paid feature that you talked about is kind of icing on the cake. As I mentioned at the front part of this podcast, I stopped offering my courses. I'm not going to start offering courses again, probably till 2024. And they're going to look very different after that. I'm giving myself more of a pause to kind of restructure, redesign, and really set up in a way that that makes the most sense. And I'm gathering the data right now through the newsletter and the process by seeing what's interesting to people, hearing that feedback, seeing what people are clicking on. And then that's how I know what I'm going to create so that I can offer more of that and make a bigger impact on my customers. Yes, there'll be a nominal fee behind it, but I know that's the right next step in their journey. And then they have a little bit of skin in the game. It's not going to be excessive. It's going to be just something that's approachable and will just be that natural next step for them. And that's all customer journey mapping. though. <laughs> we don't need to get into that just yet. But the reason why I like Substack is that they can, I'm not making any money on Roadpreneur right now. And I, with Substack, I can. So people can buy me a cup of coffee basically for $5 a month. They can now get the paid material. So the way that I'm structuring Substack is I'm going to have free content, but if you pay, you're going to get the the $5 per month or $50 for the year. So you get $2, two months for free. Then you can get more of the how-to articles and those I can write right now. Those I already have basically written and they're waiting there. And so it's incentive for somebody to upgrade to that paid that paid subscription model. But if they don't want that, then they don't have to. They can still get more of the high level inspiration type ideas. And those are all free. So I get to decide the different tiers and I can do that right now. And it's all there waiting. It acts as my blog. It acts as a content, a management system, but also a newsletter. And so it's this nice overlapping feature that that makes it so I don't have to re 
you know, repost in all these different places. It just saves me a whole lot of time. I love that. And just having that, even though it's small, just additional income streams, I know that can be important with RV rentals as well. For me personally, I'm in upstate New York. So we have a very short rental period where then all winter, we're basically not having any income come in. So even if it was something like that, it's a very small amount of income, but it's still something that you can focus on throughout the winter and kind of still get excited about your business instead of just kind of, you know, waiting for things to ramp up again. So. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm a a huge fan of having multiple income streams. And so that's just another nice, easy income stream. And if you can get, you know, 20 people to pay you $5 a month, it's an, an extra hundred bucks is never a bad thing in your pocket. And then you can, of course, still do a PS at the end of each of those posts or each of those newsletters and say, PS, I've got a course on this if you want to dive deeper and you can start directing people to the right places. So you can get very specific about your newsletters, about where they can go next to continue to buy from you. But that's where having a diverse set of products to offer really comes into place. So now that's getting a little bit more advanced, but for starting out, just having a place to drop your thoughts and make a promise and make a name for yourself can make it so that like you were saying, if you are in you know the Northern part of the US when the rental season is a little bit shorter, you can get paid for offering your thoughts. You can build that trust. Maybe you do some pre-sales on the upcoming season to get some money in faster. And it just helps you to kind of get the, those wheels going a little bit quicker for you revenue wise, and just keep that momentum in your business going even through the slower months. Yeah, exactly. Now, where can people find your newsletter? Yeah. So if you go to roadpreneur.substack.com or just go to roadpreneur.com and click the button at the top, that's where you can go and see the newsletter free or paid. And then I also am at cruisingandcampfires.com and you can also click the newsletter button at the top there. That one's not on Substack. That's on a whole different platform, but that's one more built for Shopify sites and e-commerce because it's Mm -hmm. a whole different business model. But that one is, I still do a weekly newsletter there and I don't take the e-commerce. I've decided to do a little bit of a different newsletter than typical e-commerce, like big images with percentages off and stuff like that. I want it to be more relational as you can probably hear from everything that I've said before. I want my newsletter to be relational. So that one is uh, weekly meal camp meal planning tips for camping specifically. And so you can go and sign up to that on that one at cruisingandcampfires.com. Great. And I know too, just for our RV rental owners, you have some great stationary products on there, note cards. I think they would be perfect for RV rental owners to write little notes to their renters and leave in, you know, the camper for a nice surprise. So you guys should definitely check that out as well. Yeah. And reach out to me and I can get you a good price on those too. You don't have to pay full price for those. If you're doing an RV rental, then you're going to probably want more cards since I can get you some nice wholesale pricing on that too. Oh, perfect. Thank you. So thank you so much for joining me today. You just are a wealth of knowledge and hopefully everyone will sign up for your newsletter so they can keep getting more business tips. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. Okay. Thanks for joining. Thank you.